everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everybody. Um, this is going to be a bit of a weird one. I haven't really got kind of much planned um last time we spoke on the this podcast last time i'll say we spoke you're not responding but uh, last time i spoke on this podcast um it was after i had kind of looked at shitter and I, i'd call it a shitter and um, i had that moment of you know kind of self-harm thoughts and suicidal thoughts and um yeah it was i i kind of planned to make it short because i don't think people want to listen to me um but after you know after that podcast i actually got a lot of people telling me how they really liked it and liked listening to me speak and kind of ramble on and um maybe maybe that's a sign i should keep it short but uh who knows today i'm just gonna talk because um yeah a lot has happened since then um some of it good and some of it bad um I mean, it's weird. Having a podcast is kind of like I've I've always had. I've well, for a long time I've journaled. Um, but there's something different about having my actual voice as a like memory, or you know, as a kind of token of a certain time point. Like being able to go back and listen to me speaking on that. Um, you know, I was just it was it's weird because you kind of you sense the the tone of your voice and the way you're speaking and um. You kind of really realize like what kind of person you were then and how things change so quickly and how things um yeah it's a really interesting thing it, it, I, it, I think it sounds like i'm saying it's a it's a bad thing it's not necessarily a bad thing um it's a good thing and uh i actually am doing pretty okay at the moment ups and downs but you know how it is um anyway uh, I've just got finished watching a movie called About Time on Netflix, and just for the record, it's a lovely movie. I would one hundred percent recommend. It's a bit of a rom com kind of thing, kind of um, kind of sad at the end. Um, but there's a really lovely bit at the end where he talks about how you should. Basically, the the premise of the movie is that he can time travel, and near the end, near the end, he starts to spoiler alert. By the way, maybe skip on a couple minutes if you don't want to know. And um, by the end of it, he he starts to um, live each day a second time. So he he does his day normally, and then he goes and lives his day a second time, but makes the exact same decisions. But instead, he looks at it without the kind of insecurities and fear and worries of life, and sees life for this beautiful thing that it is you know the the birds chirping the whatever it is you know just a little moments of connection with people and um, I, really, I don't know it was just a lovely moment and it made me think it made me just feel like i wanted to record a podcast and talk about my life don't know why weird connection there but anyway go watch that movie um one of the things that i got told when i finished the last podcast and and you know, just speaking about what I was going through. Um, and one thing I kind of mentioned, my, I kind of noticed myself was that I um, had kind of brushed over my disordered eating and eating disorder and, and talking about it. I kind of mentioned that it was about, but um, yeah. And at the moment I'm doing, um, you know, a, 
a, a lot of work in kind of eating disorders, uh, particularly in the gym kind of world. And uh, yeah, I thought it'd be a good time to talk about mine. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's been, um, today is, actually don't even know what today is. No, today is Tuesday. And on Thursday, I have an interview for a job. Um, I'm not going to say when or where it is, etc., etc. In case I don't get it, <laughs> but it would be to do with eating disorders, um, and it, it would be fantastic to get it. Um, so hope it, hopefully I do get it. But also the fact that I got the interview is is pretty incredible anyway, and I'm very thankful because it's a kind of a dream dream job. So he's hoping. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk a bit about my eating disorder and what it's like to have an eating disorder, or at least my perspective. Everyone's very different. Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, my eating disorder came about, as I'm sure a lot of people know, um, when I broke my back, fractured my back. It was a fracture, but it went all the way through. So I just say break because one, it sounds cooler, and two, it was, I guess. <laughs> um, and I had to have uh, surgery to um, kind of reinforce it with some metal. Um, and I basically just gained a lot of weight. Uh, became very conscious of the way I looked. Looking back, and this is kind of the first time looking back since I've had these revelations, I've been seeing a counsellor recently, um, and one of the big things that we talk about is the fact that really my kind of default setting is that I don't like myself, um, or I feel like I'm kind of worthless, I suppose. Um, and, and often throughout my life I've been doing things in order to kind of prove to other people that I'm not worthless like like kind of secretly I know I am and obviously I know that I'm not but you know in this mind state secretly I know that I'm worthless um and I have to do things to prove to people like or to kind of trick people into thinking that I'm not worthless so I kind of um doing that for a long time but yeah so I gained all this weight and went to school and um you know, very conscious of the fact that I'd gained a lot of weight. I was, I was, um, you know, by BMI standards, I was obese, maybe even morbidly obese. I'm not sure. I was, I was, um, about 130 kilos, I think, like 19 and a half stone, 20 stone, um, at like 15. I don't know how tall I was, but yeah, um, so yeah. That was kind of my life. I um, anyway, yeah, eating disorder. Sorry, I, 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 I was going to cry then for a second. Don't know why, but it's okay to cry. It's okay. Um, all you guys listening out there, it's completely fine. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so started to lose weight, um, and I began by doing a lot of running. Um, well, I used to go to this little gym near my house and just kept running and. Um, yeah, just kind of progressively losing weight more and more. And the more I lost, you know, being someone who was over, overweight or obese or morbidly obese, um, the more I lost, the more people congratulated me and told me that I was really, you know, wow, this is amazing, George, you're losing weight. You're supposed to, this is a good thing. Everyone knows that you have to lose weight and all the blah, 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 blah. Um, and it kind of just spiraled out of control from there. Um, and then... This is where the kind of big change happened for me. I'm not sure how it happened, but I be, when when I used to go to this little gym, I would lift weights too and started to become more muscular. And I guess I guess in school, in my especially in sixth form, 
Um, I remember being known as like one of the muscular. Like I was like probably like top three biggest guys in in at least in my year anyway, um, like muscularity wise. So I kind of I guess I kind of got known as that person and took on that identity and said that you know this is who I am. Defined myself as this person. You know, I used to speak a lot about these definitions of ourselves, um, and I just forced myself into that and. I think that's where it came from originally was this idea that people like me because I'm this muscular person. So I have to stay muscular. Um, so yeah, I kind of went from that. I think I, I started, I picked up like some friends from work who were big into the gym and, um, you know, I started to, to recognize how, how they did things and how they got bigger and how they got stronger and, and they used to just eat loads of food um and try and get bigger yeah i was i was used to eating little food to try and get smaller but you know the, the kind of beginner gains allowed me to get some more muscle but i wasn't growing at the rate that these guys were and so just they yeah i just thought okay i'll start trying to do that um i just started eating more and uh, to be honest, my food like didn't seem like an issue uh my exercise was definitely an issue at the time um you know, I was so obsessed with the idea that I had to get bigger. And you know what, as well, um, the word obsession in the gym culture, I don't know if it's still the same. I suppose it, it probably is. I'm, I'm kind of aware that it is. The word obsessed is like a positive thing. Like you have to be obsessed to get what you want to get. You have to be obsessed to, to be the best in the world or whatever. I didn't even want to be. I didn't even want to be the biggest or the best or whatever in the world. I didn't because that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue i suppose at the time i wanted to be like a coach um like a um exercise coach well actually i wanted to be a vet <laughs> and then i wanted to be a chef and then you know that's a different story but um yeah i just i was so convinced that i was obsessed and that was a good thing um you know i wowed people by my complete outlandish efforts and dangerous um, amounts of exercise and um yeah, I would force feed myself. Um I would often I would do you know, I would have my kind of clean eating, so to speak, you know, as they say, you know, in, in brackets that are not brackets, um commas, inverted commas. Um where I'd eat I'd just basically eat tuna and rice, chicken and rice, every meal, and I'd eat it like six, seven times to the point where I felt sick and I would keep eating. There were numerous times like like ridiculously like like i just it's basically like the entire of my kind of 18 to 20 um year old kind of time frame i just remember sitting at the table with everyone eating food that i wanted to eat and i had my fifth sixth um bowl of tuna and rice that i didn't want to eat and actually being like completely miserable I was eating it and, and even just feeling sick and feeling like I, I, I didn't want to eat it at all. Um, and just forcing myself to because I knew that that's how I get bigger and stronger. And then people would like me and, people, and then people would say like, oh, George, you know, you, you are miserable eating these things. Why do you hate eating them? And I'd be proud. I'd say, yeah, I hate eating it, but I have to because I'm going to get bigger and stronger. And I'm sure there are maybe some people listening here who going through the same thing and um you know it's not necessarily i'm not trying to label people as disordered for doing that i definitely was because it was having a huge impact on my life and 
I didn't. I was scared to change it. I didn't want to change it. Um. Yeah. So I now yeah, normally I have, like I said, I have this kind of selection of of notes written down on what to to tell me what to say and what not to say and when to say, etc. But um. Yeah. It, the whole the whole gym thing was just strange to me. The I I remember I had um. Even my friends used to comment, like my 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 fellow gym friends, um, used to comment on my workouts because like, they would do intense workouts. They would do these, you know, um, big sessions, and we it last an hour and a half or two hours of us training when we train really heavy weights and and really pushing ourselves, doing like terrible form and and just just like like you know um, like shouting and grunting and you know who were those guys um you know and and even then i would be pouring in sweat knackered and my friends would be too and we'd be, be pushing ourselves so hard um, and even then i would do an extra exercise and even now my friends still joke about the fact that i used to do that um but yeah i would so i don't know we we do like a drop set on some exercise so if people don't know what drop sets are it's basically you start on a really heavy weight that you can only do a certain amount of reps so let's say eight reps and then as soon as you've done your eight you immediately just lower the weight and then do another eight and then you lower the weight and do another eight lower eight do another eight and they're kind of known for being like really hard um and they're almost used as like a finisher like you you do it last or like you do it to completely just destroy the muscle, exhaust it. And we do that and I'd finish my set. And then because I'd, I'd have to wait for my two other friends who I'd be training with to finish theirs, that would feel like too long of a time. And I'd start doing another exercise in the middle. And they would always say like, oh, what are you doing, George? What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And I was just, in my head, it was just, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed. I'm the, you know, I'm the, and an ob obsession was such a, positive term in this honestly um yeah it just felt like my world revolved around this idea of being strong and big and muscular even though really i didn't want it which is so strange um thinking back and and thinking about it um yeah i like I always I kind of think about if if I wished someone had said something to me, but uh, you know my friends we all just we were all in it like you know I'm not you know, I don't think uh, any of them were like disordered to the point where I was I think you know they could go home and not think about it constantly and or they could um, you know they didn't have to do these supersets that I was doing most of the time they didn't do them. Um, because why would you <laughs> uh you know it's yeah um but it was just accepted like it was just so normal uh you know, I, I suppose i do wish that maybe in the gym someone who recognized it or someone else uh had mentioned something to me um the gym that i was in didn't it was kind of one of those gyms where you do push yourself and you do like everyone push themselves really hard and it's seen as a positive thing and it's part of the my opinion issue with the fitness culture at the moment is that we do uh endorse almost disordered behaviors 
and the fact that you know you shouldn't you know, we all see it on instagram and stuff you should you know, have, have no days off never skip leg day you know like all these you know these these kind of memes and jokes that really you know if you're someone like myself and it, it was like myself you know someone who had very low self-esteem and and didn't really know didn't have um any confidence in their own thoughts and feelings and etc seeing that just tells you if you don't do these things then you're going to fail and you're a failure and people won't like you i suppose or you know you'll be a joke you'll be that person that everyone's taking the piss out of saying oh they skip like day or oh, they skip this or skip that or whatever um even to the point where actually i used to skip chest day like <laughs> because i was so scared that i would get a big chest that like i was scared i was so scared that i would have my chest would be too big and people would think oh he's one of those guys that skips legs and chains chest all the time and even now like and it like who cares who cares if you're one of those people who doesn't train legs and just trains chest and like this like it literally wouldn't bother me but for some reason with me i guess it's that idea of um because i think i'm you're kind of worthless and nothing that uh anything that someone could use to prove to me that or not to prove to me, to prove, kind of, to enlighten them to the fact that I actually am a piece of shit and I'm nothing and worthless crap, whatever. Um, I didn't want that to be a thing. I didn't want people to have that fuel or just even proof, I suppose, I saw it as. Which is a horrible thing to think, but I believe is the truth. Um, yeah, so in the gym, I... Um, you know, I, I suppose I wish someone would come up and I think maybe, you know, like personal trainers or, or gym staff or whoever you are. Um, I think starting that conversation with someone, it doesn't have to be that you, you know, in fact, I would, I would preferably say, don't say, oh, I think you have an eating disorder. Oh, I think you have some kind of issue around exercise or whatever. Um, I, instead, I would look at approaching someone and just starting the conversation of, of you know, you seem to exercise a lot. I, um, you know, I, you know, being someone who's in this in this world, I know that sometimes exercising a lot can actually be kind of dangerous. And I don't know, um, you know, maybe you need to be careful about that or. Um, even just bringing up the idea of like, oh, you know, you're exercising a lot. You maybe we should, if you want to talk about it, we can because it might not be optimal for your recovery. Um, you know, may may do do you know that, or you know, do you think, um, yeah, you know, just something like that, just something to get the ball rolling to talk about why or why they're exercising so much, um, their feelings around it. And you know, maybe, you know, I'm not saying it's going to fix the person, but I don't think that's the point. I don't think you want. I don't think you're necessarily going to. You're not a counselor. You're not a psychiatrist therapist you're not a psychologist you're not a psychiatrist whatever um it's not your job your job is to be a coach or a personal trainer or whatever um yeah and this isn't me I, like when i'm saying this i'm not i'm not trying to say that people uh it's your responsibility um but i just think wouldn't it be nice if we could just have that kind of level of openness and you know i think i often think that you know 
again it's not against people because i would struggle too but i think you know, for, in order for us to feel awkward about that or to feel like oh yeah i don't want to say this thing to this person i feel like partly you're you're like maybe deep down you kind of see that other person is is weak and frail or or whatever and um i suppose to a point i was but i don't know how to phrase this like if someone had a, a broken leg and was training in the gym <laughs> you know i feel like people would very easily say oh you know um have you ever thought about not training with your broken leg because you might need to recover but even then i suppose people would some people spur that on and think that's a good idea i've seen videos of people training with broken legs and people being like oh this is amazing you're so you're so driven blah 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 but you get my point i feel like just because it's a mental health thing or it could be a mental health thing all of a sudden it's weird and like it's awkward to talk about and um you know it wouldn't it be great if we could just break that down and just have that moment you don't even have to mention mental health just say oh you know you come in here a lot I, i'm worried about you. you you know you seem to be pushing yourself there but then even your people that you're training with and you know why is it you feel like you need to do that what's your what's your goal with that just start that ball rolling i think that's that'd be incredible and like i said it's not about you're not gonna fix that person you know because you're not trained to do so but you can be the the first person who brings it up makes them think about it you know maybe five years later they get help for it and they think back to you mentioning that and that makes them realize what's going on or what had happened or what had been happening um yeah i think i could have a really kind of profound effect on people uh but yeah so um i was yeah i was i was eating and force feeding myself and um to be honest that's kind of when my bulimic tendencies came in and i've never really understood why i went down the bulimia role um road but i think possibly it was the the kind of mix of this what i would term as uh, muscle-oriented disordered eating of you know trying to eat as eat in a way that produces muscularity going from anorexia or kind of anorexia symptoms towards that it was almost like confusing for me so um bulimia was almost like a an in-between point where i could i could eat a lot of food and i could still feel like i was controlling my calories because i was throwing it up um it's something i've always really struggled to understand but it was yeah i, I haven't done that for a long time uh, and i'm not even sure why i've I have thoughts too occasionally, uh, very occasionally, but oftentimes I just kind of sit with the food um, and I just kind of feel crap about eating it and then just move on and I don't feel the need to do that. I'm not really sure where that went from. Maybe I just became more comfortable with it now. Um, yeah, having a muscle-oriented disordered eating is such a difficult want to traverse because it's so it's so there's so much positivity around it in social media and in just within that gym culture and it's so well hidden the you know having to eat clean and having to eat having to drink a certain amount and the fact that it's you know somewhat healthy because you're eating you know you're not eating processed foods or whatever and 
you know, the fact that you're pushing yourself to be good at a sport, you know, a physical activity, which we all know is great for you. And so it's so well hidden. It's so, there are so many layers to it. Um, and there are so many people out there who eat, you know, again, I, I keep saying eating clean. I don't really believe in eating clean, but, you know, I was going to use it because everyone knows what that means when you say that, um, which is part of my, part of the issue. You know, eating clean is seen as just such a wonderful thing in in society and um you know so many people do it and are fine and you know there is no disordered issue there they just do it because they think it's good for them and, and it is good for you i suppose um what the issue is is you know people like myself and a lot of people out there who you know, start to um you know link their worth with how clean they were eating or um yeah the you know the, the the amount of kind of like friends parties and uh people ask me to go on nights out and um you know just just meeting friends going around friends houses etc cetera, etc cetera, that i was just terrified to do and often didn't do and you know i became known as you know george wouldn't eat won't eat when you're with when you're around the house you know we'd make pizza or whatever and george wouldn't eat that it just became like common knowledge that i wouldn't eat it because it, I, I just I didn't didn't follow my diet because I was so strict on my diet and that's why you know because I was so obsessed with trying to look good and be muscular and be big and blah blah blah, blah. um and again nobody ever said like nobody ever said Georgie okay you know is this some kind of disorder is are you, you know is this a bad thing uh you know literally no one ever mentioned it like nobody did it took it took my uni when I was at university in second year it took me you know just being depressed and being anxious and and also you know food was a part of it it took that the well I suppose with my anorexia um I didn't go to the doctors but that was because I was just so skinny and um and I was more it was, I think I suppose it was more about the well, at least I perceived it more about the running than the actual food. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, it's all it you know the big the big issue around my my food and the, the moment we kind of people I started to realize and I started to realize that food was such an issue for me was when I started seeing my counselor and um, and Ed's he, I um, I won't obviously won't say his last name but um, I saw Ed. Uh, for two years and a lot of what we spoke about was you know we kind of came to these conclusions that I um you know had these this low self-worth and um low understanding like very very poor emotional intelligence for uh, numerous reasons um emotional emotional intelligence being kind of like my ability to uh, deal with things going on in my in my life um interestingly actually I I I watched a, a TED talk recently um, and, and read up a little bit about it. Um, that people who grow up in a like chaotic, have a chaotic upbringing or kind of uncertain upbringing, um, actually have um, a slightly a, a, like a differing mold to their brain. I think it's their their hippocampus is smaller, but um, this seems to to mean that they actually can't um deal with 
emotional turmoil, emotional turmoil as well. So it's actually like a physical thing. It's not just, you know, I feel like I'm kind of, I'm, um, this is something I do a lot. I'm, I'm almost backing myself up and saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not a wimp. Like, I don't like, it's weird because I wouldn't, I would never, again, I think it, well, it's not weird because I think it's this idea that I just think that I'm, I'm shit and I'm kind of trying to stop you all realizing that I'm shit. <laughs> um, but yes, it's a physical thing um, that you can't seem to deal with emotional turmoil that well. Uh so you know it i couldn't deal with my emotions very well and that was something that we picked up on and um maybe using food was a way to deal with them maybe uh yeah i think that, that's kind of that's kind of what i i still agree the reason i'm saying maybe it's kind of what we agreed at the time but you know i'm still kind of figuring it out as i go along uh, yeah, so I, I used food. I, I now I have what's called binge eating disorder, um, and I suppose it is it's it's kind of similar to muscle oriented disorder eating, if, at least from my from my perspective. Um, muscle oriented disorder eating is more around the fact that you know you're doing it to try and get a muscular physique, and the issue that often comes with it, which is something that I had, is that you're trying to get as big as possible and build muscle, so. In theory, you need to have a calorie uh, surplus, so eating more calories than your body's burning in order to build tissue. Um, but at the same time, part of muscle dysmorphia, muscle-oriented disorder eating, is also you want to be lean. Um, so it, in order to get lean, you need to be in a calorie deficit. So often there are these very like constant struggles in, in the mind of, of like, oh, I'm bigger, but I'm now I'm fat or I'm, I've lost weight. Uh, so I'm leaner, but now I'm small. I'm not muscular enough. So you're just constantly in turmoil. And that's what often leads people towards taking steroids, anabolic steroids. Um, thankfully, I actually never did take them. And there's nothing wrong with you if you did. I, I understand because I definitely thought about it. Uh, you know, I, I, It would have made things a lot easier for me um, kind of mentally, but then it would have just led to more issues in the fact that you know the physical issues that come along with taking steroids um it has multiple effects on the brain and on on the body uh, that you know lead to some some medical issues in the future but also you know you're kind of you're moving the goalposts as you're chasing them so you know you, when are you big enough when are you lean enough when are you happy and when you are happy how like you does that is that it then is it over and it's not um you know I, i've got a story i went to durham university as some of you may know uh, from undergrad and during my third year i did a fashion show which was basically um i walked on stage in my underwear and paraded myself around um for charity which was nice um but if i'm honest with you a lot of, of especially when i was in that my kind of worst sordid mind it was a you know a moment for people to maybe think i was and again another moment to trick people as far as i'm concerned to be like look i, I look good and i'm confident and you know you should like me because these things you know um i'm not actually secretly a piece of shit but you know um again i know that i'm not uh well i suppose i don't deep down but uh, i'm aware that 
rationally, I'm not a terrible person. Um, but yeah, my story. Uh, so I dieted down for this show um, and I got lean. I got, you know, like categorically lean. I don't know what percentage body fat I was, but, you know, I, I looked the, the kind of typical lean muscular physique and I still have a video on my phone of it because it kind of reminds me of this moment and I think it's a good thing to, for me to remember is I took a video of myself in the mirror um, like flexing my arms and like kind of moving around and as soon as I put it down I wanted to delete the video and I started crying um, and I didn't want anyone to come into my I remember being like I went and locked my door because it's like if someone walks into my room or something that's gonna be really embarrassing because boys don't cry and I mean, that's not true but you know that's kind of the stigma around guys isn't it um so yeah i started crying and because uh, i was just so terrified that i didn't think i looked good enough i wasn't lean enough or um you know the days when i did think i looked lean i was like oh, i'm not big enough and i just i was never happy with with how i looked I st there was still that that feeling of i'm worthless i'm just this is just a a temporary way of convincing people that i'm actually nothing i'm i'm worthless i'm i'm crap um and yeah i, I just felt so shit even even when i reached this and even looking back it's it was you know, kind of the physique i'd always wanted to obtain it's the thing i always said i was going to be at and i would be happy once i hit that um but you're not, you just, you start seeing more faults and I feel like that's what drives it a lot of the time. You're just constantly feeling like you're, um, you know, you're not enough and you need to be more and you need to, you need to be bigger, you need to be stronger, you need to be leaner, you need to, there's always something that you need to be and it just pushes you in the gym and, you know, there's some kind of weird philosophy around muscularity that means that it's okay and as you know there's the stigma about around guys and around being muscular and um you know the fact that because you've got big muscles you can't be struggling um yeah i'm not i'm not trying to say that i'm i'm a big muscular again here's me trying to convince myself that because <laughs> i'm worried that you guys are going to think i'm a piece of shit for saying that i'm muscular you know i am i'm more muscular than um you know someone who doesn't go to the gym um so, you know, I feel like people just saw me in the gym. You know, I would do the drop set to absolute exhaustion and then I'd start doing dumbbell curls. And then when I finished that, I'd be doing um, lateral raises and my friends are still just doing their sets as normal and they're all looking at me and saying, why are you doing that? Why do you keep going? Um, and I'd just be like, oh, it's because I'm obsessed. You know, it's obsession being a positive word again. I'm obsessed, so you know, this is the way to, this is the way to get bigger. This is what I need to do. I know I do. Um, but it was never enough. Just, it would never be enough. Um, so now I'm, you know, lockdown has kind of messed things up. Uh, you know, I can't go to the gym. And uh, when I do go to the gym, I'm weaker and I don't look like I used to look. And, um you know, that's such a that's something that I think a lot of people under um, think it's not as bad as it is. But you know, you see 
if there's someone who thinks that they're not a great person, um, you know, just someone struggling with body dysmorphia or whatever, you're at this, you're at this point, um, you know, a certain level of, of whatever it is you're trying to achieve in my case, muscularity, and you're happy with it, with it. Well, you're not so you're not happy with it. So you're in this you're in this position, and you're you look at it and you think I'm not big enough, whatever. And then you lose. Suddenly, where you were becomes was okay, and like you know, I, I felt really shit then, but I was managing. So now I have to. I must be in an awful position. Like I must be feeling like you almost think, why am I not feeling bad? And um, it creates kind of more confusion. It's a really I feel like this podcast just is me just literally just rambling and going here, there and everywhere. But I also think that is the ultimate proof of what it feels like to be dealing with this. Um, yeah, I, it's such a hard thing to traverse. It's this constant, like, I should be working out i should be eating this i should be doing that i should be i should look this way because these people will think this even my job interview like i said i got this job interview it's for a research role right so literally nothing physical about it at all um and i am worried that my face is a bit podgier than it used to be because i've been kind of emotional eating um and i'm worried that they won't give me the job because of it because i'm not lean enough which is ridiculous it has nothing to do with it um and it's literally for a, a job it's a researcher job around eating disorders so why would in any way would they be bothered about the way i look but it just it literally just it finds its way into your brain and comes up with so many different reasons and and when you start to try and prove to yourself that they're not true, you tell yourself that you're just convincing yourself and that you're actually kind of tricking yourself and that's wrong. And, you know, even when I'm on this podcast and I'm saying to you guys that that I know that I think I'm worthless and I'm trying to stop you from thinking it, even then in back of my mind, it's kind of saying, oh, but you're saying that so that then they feel bad for you or you're saying that to, you know, you're being, you're just trying to make people feel sorry for you. Which is ridiculous. Um, maybe I am. I don't, who knows? I don't know. I don't think I am. I hope I'm not. But yeah, here we are. Uh, I'm now even starting to second guess whether I should post this podcast because I feel like I just spoke for 38 minutes and 29, 30 seconds. Um, and it was all just a load of bullshit. And I was just doing it to try and get people's attention or something. I don't know. It's weird. Um, here we are <laughs> so if you're listening to this thank you for listening uh i don't know if i put it on i am actually doing okay honestly i feel a bit emotional right now but i think it's just because i'm talking about everything that's gone on um yeah things have been up and down uh, i'm doing okay you know this this podcast was a very confusing one and i spoke about a lot of things and it went everywhere um, i don't even know if i spoke about the right things i feel like i need someone else on it who i can talk about this with maybe someone interviewing me and talking about it maybe i'll do that in the future um but for now i do think i'm going to post this and you know, see what people think uh if you got this far thank you uh, please drop me a message to tell me if it was awful or if it was great 
I would love to know just because it'll help me maybe one maybe tailor the next one if I do another one uh, yeah and two maybe save me from embarrassment to doing another one if it was that hard <laughs> um, so yeah that was it for me it's tough out there being a I suppose being a guy and having an eating disorder is difficult enough. Uh, being someone who struggles with muscle-oriented disordered eating or struggles with um, orthorexia, um, you know, any eating disorder is, is hard. But you know, these ones, that, especially these ones that are starting to become less, um, or not starting to become, are just underrecognized and almost hushed, especially in the fitness industry. Um, it's really hard because you just feel like you're insignificant and just making a big deal out of something that everyone else is doing just fine. So maybe, you know, if you get anything from this, I guess, speak to someone if you are struggling with anything that I mentioned, if any of this resonated, if you managed to get through these 41 minutes and actually felt like you connected with me um, because you would, you would, going through the same thing and it's having a negative impact on your life you know maybe get some you know, speak to someone even drop me a message if you want to uh, if you are a kind of exercise worker you know somebody who works in the gym like a pt or sports coach or whatever you know maybe just because someone is muscular or lifting weights or you know eating in a way that that they're saying is because of their athletic potential if it's starting to become worrisome maybe just start that conversation and say hey I, i've noticed that you're doing these things that other people aren't doing you know your, your teammates aren't doing these things how come you're doing them is there a reason uh you know and it, maybe that's your way to to get into that conversation and talk about how much they're doing or what, the way that they're doing things don't look to help them to the point where they're fixed because that's not your job. Um, just be that first hurdle for them. The first person who brings up that they're worried about them and they want to speak to them. So, yeah, uh, thanks, my minds. Uh, weird one. Hopefully people enjoy it. Who knows? I will see you at the next one when I'll be interviewing someone instead because <laughs> I'm much more comfortable doing that, I think. Um, yeah, bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can, give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out mayaminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there. And we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.